What is up everyone? It's Quinn here back with another video. And today I'm gonna to be talking about one must draft player in every round of your fantasy drafts. So I'm gonna be going through round one through 12. I'm going through underdogs ADP and then selecting one player that I just think is like the best value in this round. I'll also give some uh, honorable mentions if I was like close, you know, between a few different players. This is also a video I'm gonna, you know, run down uh, later on in the off season. But I think now's an interesting time to kind of just look at the ADP and, um, you know, look to kind of find where some of the values are at this point. I also want to know what you guys think. So I'm going to have the ADP up on the screen. So if you guys want to let me know, you know, what values you can find in these ADPs, let me know down below in the comment section. If you enjoy the content, hit that like button and subscribe to the channel. But let's just jump right into round one. And honestly, round one, I felt like was pretty fair in terms of ADP. Like, I don't think there's any glaring bad picks. I don't really think there's any like screaming values. I ended up going with Cooper Cup here. His ADP is 4.6. Um, and he's kind of like the fifth player coming off the board. So I think if you're getting Cup as like the fifth pick or later, I do like the value. If he's a guy where if he doesn't regress as a player, and you know the Rams offense just doesn't completely fall apart, he could be giving you wide receiver one point per game production for the third year in a row, right? He was on pace to outproduce Jefferson last year. He obviously had his monster season in uh, 2021. So if Cooper Cup is the same player, he could end up being a steal here at pick five. I also just think in general, the fifth pick is a nice spot to be because say Cooper Cup goes, um, like if you're getting one of Cup, Hill, or Christian McCaffrey at number five, like I think those are all great options there at that pick. Now shifting into uh, round two, I ended up going with Jonathan Taylor as my favorite value. His ADP right now is 16.8. And then also honorable mentions to uh, Saquon Barkley, who's going just a little bit after JT, and then Tony Pollard, who's going towards the end of the second round. But honestly, for me, like getting Jonathan Taylor in the mid-second just kind of feels crazy. Like this is pretty much the exact same player that everyone was so excited to draft at the 101 overall last season, right? Pretty much he was consensus, the first player going off the board. Everyone loved him. Now he has one season where he deals with some ankle injuries. The Colts offense kind of falls apart, the quarterback position, the offensive line and now he's here in the middle of the second round. I think he's lined up to bounce back really well here in 2023. It's not like they've brought in competition for him. He's gonna have a significant workload once again, especially on the ground. And I just feel like people are kind of overcorrecting to a season where he did bust in terms of like his production, but it didn't really have to do with him as a player. Um, and it's not like he fell apart. It's not like he's gonna be significantly worse moving forward. He dealt with some injuries. That's what happens at the running back position. But I do think like his play is going to bounce back. And I think he's probably going to end up being a really nice pick here if you're getting him in the mid-second. Now shifting into uh, round three, if you guys have been watching my videos, you probably know where I'm going to be going here. And it's going to be Brees Hall. Right now, his ADP is at 31.1. I'll also give some honorable mentions to some other running backs, Derrick Henry, Ramondre Stevenson, Josh Jacobs. If you're getting those running backs in the third round, I think all those guys are values. And then also a shout out to Mark Andrews, who I think is a solid pick in the uh, mid third round. Brees Hall is probably going to be my favorite value I have throughout this entire video. I just really, really like him at this mid third round price. I feel like the evaluation of Brees Hall is pretty dependent on how you feel about his recovery from his uh, torn ACL because I truly think that if Brees Hall didn't tear his ACL, what was it, week seven of uh, last season, I really think we could be looking at Brees Hall as the running back one heading into this season 
or at least right there with Christian McCaffrey. Like that was the kind of pace this dude was on. He was breaking out. He was going to be putting up massive numbers. Unfortunately, he does tear his ACL, but pretty much everything we've heard about his recovery has been positive. There's been a ton of optimism, you know, from the team, the coaches, the front office, that he will be ready to go in week one. And if that happens, like he's ready to go week one, I'm totally willing to sacrifice like a few weeks four or five, six weeks of him kind of getting back up to speed, maybe in some sort of split. But once he works back to 100% or close to 100%, I feel like at the price tag of running back 11 in the mid third round, you could be getting a guy who was the running back one overall in the back half of the season. I do think he has that kind of upside. In the uh, three full games where Brees Hall was the starter last season, put up 15.8, 27.7, and 20.1 PPR points. Aaron Rodgers coming in drastically raises the ceiling of this offense. So in terms of like recovering from an ACL tear, I'm just willing to bet on like the wildly athletic 22-year-old running back. Like that's kind of the outlier I want to bet on here, where I do think he's going to be able to come back and play a a big role here um, in year two. I will say, though, if they do go out and get Delvin Cook, that definitely would kind of, uh, you know, limit it. But right now it looks like he's, I think the Dolphins are like the favorite to land him. So we'll see how that situation plays out. But barring a Delvin Cook signing, I really, really like Brees Hall here. Now shifting into round four, it's actually going to be my third straight running back. This is where I have Jameer Gibbs as my favorite value. He's going off the board as the 41.1. And if you guys watched uh, my player comparison video, I compared Jameer Gibbs, Travis Etienne, and uh, Najee Harris. These guys are all kind of going in the same range. But in that video, I basically broke all these guys down. And at the end of it, I basically talked about how I viewed Jameer Gibbs as the best option in half point PPR and PPR. So, you know, I'm rolling with Jameer Gibbs here. He's going after those guys. I would take him over both Najee and ETN in those two formats. He gets the elite draft capital at pick 12 in the NFL draft. He's stepping into a role where we kind of saw someone already playing what we think he's going to do. We had DeAndre Swift in that role. He was producing at a mid-tier running back two level for fantasy. And that was with the Lions, like clearly not unleashing him, They were pretty much limiting his workload. They obviously wanted to replace him as they draft his replacement and then trade him away. So I think Gibbs is going to have a serious workload through the air. I also think he's going to be somewhere in that like 10 carry per game range on the ground. So with that type of capital, I like this offense, really strong offensive line. He has a very high receiving ceiling. I just can't pass up on Jameer Gibbs once he gets into the fourth round. I feel like if Bijan Robinson wasn't in this class and we just had like Jameer Gibbs going at 12th overall, and then the next running back is Zach Charbonnet, I feel like he'd be viewed differently, but it kind of feels like people aren't recognizing how much of an outlier this is with that draft capital because there was another running back there. So I feel like that might be why like his ADP is a little bit down, but I'm very in on him in the uh, fourth round. Now moving into round five, my favorite value here is going to be Justin Fields. He has an ADP of 49.2, which is just right at the beginning of round five. I will give some honorable mentions to some running backs, Joe Mixon, Aaron Jones, J.K. Dobbins. I think all three of those guys are solid picks in the uh, fifth round, but Justin Fields is going to be the first quarterback I talk about as a value here. And just looking at some of the other ADPs on underdog for these quarterbacks, we have Patrick Mahomes going in round two. We have Jalen Hurts, Josh Allen, and Lamar Jackson going in round three. So with those types of values, right, Mahomes in two, the other big ones in round three, 
I have to pounce on round five, Justin Fields. Now I do understand that some of the ADPs for those other quarterbacks have to do with like stacking, you know, like Mahomes in round two, stacking with Travis Kelsey. You've got Jalen Hurts stacking with like a Devonta Smith. But I also think those guys are just going to be going well ahead of Justin Fields on most platforms. I think when we're looking at rushing ceiling, I feel like Justin Fields probably has the highest rushing ceiling of any quarterback we've probably ever seen ever. Um, After breaking out in week six, Fields averaged 24.1 points per game in his last 10 games. And he was putting up that type of production pretty much just by like soloing the entire defense. Like his wide receiver room was abysmal. The offensive line was not good. And he was just putting up these crazy rushing numbers. Now heading into 2023, he has a true wide receiver one in DJ Moore. The Bears have made offensive line improvements. So things are really kind of coming together outside of Justin Fields. And I think when we're looking at his fantasy ceiling, I do think he can go toe to toe with every quarterback ranked ahead of him. And you're getting that kind of ceiling in the fifth round instead of having to spend a round two or round three pick on like a Lamar Jackson, a Jalen Hurts. You can get that ceiling here in early round five. Now, moving into round six, this was honestly probably one of the toughest ones to pick a value just because I really like a lot of the wide receiver values here. I ended up going with Traylon Burks at pick 70.1, but you also could have gone with Hollywood Brown, Tyler Lockett, Mike Evans, Deontay Johnson, or Jordan Addison. I really think all those guys are solid picks here in round six. Um, He showed flashes, Traylon Burks did, of breaking out throughout his rookie season, but it just felt like every time he started to stack solid performances or build on his workload, you know, his route participation, he would get hit with some sort of injury. So personally, I'm a believer in the talent of Traylon Burks. And when we're looking at this Titans current wide receiver room, he's going to have every opportunity to command a significant target share. And if he is as talented as I believe he is, he is going to produce given, you know, the current situation they have there. The wide receiver room is not good. I still think Tannehill is a very solid quarterback. I just feel like he's probably not going to be putting up crazy numbers with this offense. But I think Traylon Burks is a strong option here to take kind of like that year two jump, given all the injuries he had, but was still giving you some decent performances. Now, moving into round seven, this is where I have my uh, first tight end, and it might be the only tight end here I have in this video. It's going to be Darren Waller going off the board at pick 82.4. Honorable mention to uh, Cam Akers, who I think also is a solid pick here in round seven. But I just feel like here in round seven, this is a prime opportunity to be able to draft an elite upside tight end that you're getting in the middle rounds. I understand that Darren Waller has underperformed throughout the last two seasons, and he's been banged up, dealt with injuries, missed time, and kind of played through those injuries, which has probably contributed to uh, you know some of these subpar production. But we know the talent is there for Darren Waller, and he could end up being the number one target for the Giants when we're looking back at this season. In 2022, that's really where Darren Waller kind of showcased his crazy ceiling, where he averaged 17.4 PPR points per game at the tight end position. That kind of upside is very, very tough to come by. You're just not going to find that kind of ceiling at this point in the draft, right? Like of the players, I think, who could put up that type of production, at least in this season, it's Travis Kelsey and it's probably Mark Andrews. And I don't really think you're feeling great about anyone else doing that. I'm not saying Darren Waller is going to come out here and hit that 17.4 point per game number, but this just feels like the right type of bet to make. You've got a tight end who's two years removed. It's not like his play has drastically plummeted. He's dealt with injuries, which has limited him. I think he can bounce back here. And I don't even think he needs to hit that crazy type of ceiling to work out. Like he could average 
13 points per game, and that's probably a win at this price. But then if he can hit that ceiling of 15, 16 points per game, you're getting an absolute steal here in round seven. So Darren Waller is going to be my guy here. Now moving into round eight, I ended up going with uh, James Conner, whose ADP is 87.7. Honorable mention to some wide receivers, Rashad Bateman, Elijah Moore, and then also Javante Williams, also coming off an ACL tear. I'm just willing to kind of take the swing on uh, Javante if he is able to get healthy, but not feeling as great about Javante's recovery as I do about Brees Hall. But looking at James Conner here, as much as people do not want the Cardinals to go out and force feed James Conner, it just kind of seems like that's what they want to do, especially in a year where they're probably you know, not going to be competing for a playoff spot. They haven't gone out and upgraded at the running back position. We saw in 2021 when Chase Edmonds missed time, they force-fed James Conner. We saw it again towards the end of the 2022 season. Once James Conner got healthy over the last seven games, he averaged 17.4 carries per game and 4.9 targets per game for 19.8 PPR points per game. I understand that people are concerned about this offense. I feel like every time I talk about James Conner, there are at least a few comments that are like, you know, I like Conner, but this offense is really rough. I don't know about the touchdowns. And you're totally right. Like this offense is probably going to be really bad, at least for the first half of the season when Kyler Murray is out. But when running backs are getting a 17 carry five target per game workload, the bad offense really doesn't matter a ton. They're going to volume their way to production and they'll still be heavily involved, like on the goal line when it comes to the team's touchdown opportunities. Like it's not like they're going to be scoring under 10 points per game, right? Like James Conner is still going to have opportunities to get into the end zone. He was producing without Kyler towards the end of last season. So I don't think it's a guarantee that they force feed him again, but I do think if they do, he's going to end up being a screaming value here in round eight where he could end up giving you RB1 production and you're seeing the top 12 running backs get drafted within the first three rounds, you could be getting that type of production in round eight. I just think it's worth it here. Now in round nine, I actually have another running back and it's going to be Alvin Kamara. He's going off the board as the uh, 101, not the 101, like number one pick, 101st pick. Some honorable mentions to Anthony Richardson, who I think can give you some upside at the quarterback position. And then David Njoku, who I really like at tight end this year. But for me here in round nine, I just can't be passing up on round nine, Alvin Kamara, especially when he still has not received his suspension. It seems like the last two years, like Kamara's ADP has just been tanked by this potential suspension. We saw it last season, like early on in the offseason, I think he was going like late round three, maybe three, four turn. Then when we were getting closer to the season and he wasn't suspended, he was going at like the one, two turn, or at least like mid to early second round. He still has not received that suspension. And despite a season in 2022 that I feel like everyone thought was disappointing, he still managed to finish as the running back 13 in points per game. Now he's going off the board as the running back 31. And the running back 31, I feel like even if he gets hit with a six-game suspension, I still think that's probably a value. So if he's a value with the suspension and we don't even know if he's going to get suspended, I feel like he has to be a smash pick at this price. I know the Saints did go out. They signed Jamal Williams. They drafted Kendra Miller. So the likelihood of Alvin Kamara coming out and having a three down workload is pretty much non-existent, but he's still going to come in. He's going to dominate the receiving work. And overall, I just think this is going to be a much better Saints offense than we've seen over the last few years. You've got Derek Carr coming in. You have some legit weapons at the wide receiver position. Hopefully Michael Thomas can stay healthy. You have Chris Olave, um, Rashid Shahid, or Rashid Shahid. 
I think I got that right the second time. Um, but I do think the Saints offense is going to be better. And if Alvin Kamara is on the field, he is not going to be producing at a mid-tier RB3 level. I think at worst on the field, he's going to be a top 24 guy. And I feel like that's still kind of like on the low end of what he can do. If he has a big time receiving season, he could be a guy who ends up being the RB1, um, like a top 12 guy, not the number one overall. And you're getting him as a mid-tier running back three in round nine. So I like Alvin Kamara here. Now, shifting into the double-digit rounds, round 10, I've got Daniel Jones. His ADP is 112.7. I gave an honorable mention to A-Chain, but that would obviously be uh, barring the Dolphins signing Dalvin Cook. So both Brees Hall and A-Chain, you know, kind of sweating it out if you own those guys, at least in Dynasty, or you've already done your redraft drafts. Um, But looking at like the fringe quarterback ones that you could be going after, I think Daniel Jones is probably my favorite pick of the guys in that range. He's coming off a season where he finishes the QB nine in points per game at 18.1. So he's actually coming off a very strong season. Um, And he's received upgrades with Darren Waller coming in, Jalen Hyatt being drafted. He also showcased legit rushing upside last season, going for 708 rushing yards and seven rushing touchdowns. So I feel like if you want to wait at the quarterback position, Daniel Jones is a great like back end QB one option who just gave you like borderline mid tier QB one production and has received upgrades. So I do think Daniel Jones is a uh, nice value here. Now shifting into round 11, This is where I went with Dalton Kincaid, ADP at 126.1. Honorable mention to Elijah Mitchell, just as like a handcuff. Honestly, this is a round I don't really love. I don't think there's any crazy values. And I do understand the lack of uh, success that rookie tight ends typically have. So understanding that, you're probably wondering, you know, why do I have Dalton Kincaid here? I just think in a round where there aren't any screaming values, at least in my opinion, I'm willing to take a swing on the Bills using Dalton Kincaid out of the slot a decent amount. If you kind of turn him into a more of like a wide receiver, we know he has that type of skill set. I think the odds of him producing in year one definitely go up. Um, I think he can produce from day one if he's in that role. And also just in general, the Bills pass catching work is definitely up for grabs uh, behind Stephon Diggs. And who knows what's even going on with that Stephon Diggs situation. But for Dalton Kincaid, if he can come in and produce like if he can prove he's ready for that from day one he has a very high ceiling in this bill's offense and i know it's kind of weird to say that about a rookie tight end because rookie tight ends typically have like no ceiling i just think it's possible so i think it's worth taking the swing if you waited at tight end to just you know throw a dart on dalton kincaid here and now moving into the final round of this video round 12 going with tank bigsby here adp of 141.7 Honorable mention to uh, Greg Dulcich, who I also like as like a later round tight end. I feel like throughout this offseason, the Jaguars backfield has been like a top topic that people have been talking about. You know, we've got the questions of, is Travis Etienne going to be the workhorse? If he's not the workhorse, is there going to be some sort of split here with Etienne and Tank Bigsby? And I feel like no matter how you view that situation, if you think Etienne is going to be the workhorse, fine. If you think there's going to be a serious split, no matter what way you view the situation, I think Tank Bigsby looks like a great pick regardless, because if you think ETN is going to have this massive workload, then Tank Bigsby is the handcuff behind a huge workload where you would assume if ETN goes down, Bigsby can step up, take over that massive workload. 
if you think there's going to be some sort of split, well, now you're getting a guy who's splitting touches in a top offense um, who's going to be involved week to week, and you're getting him in round nine. So I think no matter what side of the fence you're on, Tank Bigsby ends up looking like a very appealing draft pick here in round 12. So he is going to be the guy that wraps up this video. Like I said at the top, let me know what you guys think. Do you disagree with these guys? Um, do you like these guys' values? Do you have some other players you kind of want to throw into the mix? Let me know down below. Uh, hit that like button, subscribe to the channel. I really appreciate it, and I will see you all in the next one.